podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ain't no place like a cowboy place, ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's, ain't no way you're going wrong, hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback Four podcast for your Sunday night. Um, it's been it's been a hard thirty six hours or so. I'm going to be honest with you, um, as a Liverpool fan, because of what happened yesterday at Goodison Park uh, in a two two draw against Everton. With me tonight, I have Keith, I have Shawnee, and I have Grace, and we're going to go through um, all the happenings of yesterday's game, the fallout from it, where we go from here, and. And loads in between, I'm being honest. Um, but first things first, um, we're going to talk about Virgil van Dijk's injury because it has been reported today that he um, has done damage to his ACL. He will need an operation and although the club won't give you a timeline on it, um, they have not ruled out the possibility of him coming back before the season ends. Virgil van Dijk has recently just put out a tweet. Um, I'm going to read that tweet out. It's a statement and I'm going to read it out for you now. It says, This afternoon I met with a leading consultant to start a process of planning the finer details of my rehabilitation following the incident yesterday. I'm now fully focused on my recovery and will do everything I can to be back as quickly as possible. Despite the obvious disappointment, I'm a firm believer that within difficulty lies opportunity and with God's help, I'm here to make sure I return better, fitter and stronger than ever before. In football, as in life, I believe everything happens for a reason and it's important to try and keep level-headed whether going through the highs or the lows. With the support of my wife, kids, family and everyone at Liverpool, I'm ready for the challenge ahead. I'd like to thank everyone for the message of support. It's meant a huge amount to me and my family and I'll be doing everything possible to support my teammates in any way I can ahead of ahead of a big few weeks ahead as I take my own recovery day by day. I'll be back. Virgil van Dijk. Um, positive enough statement. Positive enough statement. Um, Grizz is clapping like a Ryanair flight has just hit the deck. Um, <laughs> but it's a positive enough statement, lads. And Shani, I'll come to you first. Um <coughs> Before we get into the game um, and the challenges that were involved in it and the goals and the players and the, the VAR and all that sort of stuff, uh, we were waiting on this news for, you know, more than 24 hours now and it was confirmed today, but it's it's a horrible injury for Virgil van Dijk. It's a big blow for Liverpool. Um, what do we do, Shawnee? What way do we approach this now? Because we, we want them back as quick as possible, but at the same time, we want them back properly. Yeah, it's... It's tough to take and it's it's a real punch in the gut because I think when you're doing season previews and stuff like that, we always talk about the importance of players and if I'm being honest, he was the one, you know what I mean? He was the one that if you could turn around and tell me you can pick one player this season who's going to play 38 Premier League games, you're going to pick Virgil van Dijk and it's just, it's unfortunate and um, 
it's we can get into the challenge later on. Um, it, it's devastating, and I say we always have the feeling when Van Dyke goes down, you kind of hold your breath, and then yesterday you just knew it wasn't good. And I, I had this the same injury, and I'll tell you, it's absolutely excruciating. Um, the fact he grew up and walked off, Saudi is a far better man than I am and will ever be. And I know it's thrown about, but for me, Virgil is an absolute alpha. And you're loved by his statement that he's already on the comeback trail. And these sort of injuries can mentally break people. But you know, for the fact, it's not going to break Virgil. Um, he'll be back. He'll be back stronger. 100% he will be missed. But this team will go on. The ship, the show must go on. And believe me, I know it will. Mm. I agree with you. Um, I think it's not a nice injury for anybody, but, you know, if it, there's players you would look at and go, ah, he's done. You know, he, he doesn't have the mentally to come back. Virgil van Dijk is so, so mentally strong and such a physical specimen, as we were saying before we come on, that if anyone has a chance to, to get over this quicker than anticipated and come back as strong as he as he was at kickoff yesterday, it's probably Virgil van Dijk. Grizz, we all know how bad an injury is. We've all seen the footage and stuff like that, and we get into it in more detail in a couple of minutes. But just sticking on 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 the repercussions of this alone, you know, a lot of people I've seen online have said, you know, oh well, we never signed the centre half, and now look what happened. And it's a bit revisionist, to be honest with you. But you know, he's a massive loss, isn't he, Grizz? But what, do you think we can deal with it? It's a massive loss. Um... Do I think we can deal with it? Uh, yes, I'd like to think the squad is good enough to at least stay strong until December, uh, January, sorry, where we can look at it again. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write off Liverpool because because of one player. Uh, I think that would be disrespectful to the other players. Um, the likes of Matip, the likes of Gomez, who have all played active roles in us being where we are. But as Shawnee says, if there's one player, and there's a reason why he played every single fucking minute of last season, it's because he's Virgil van Dijk. And it's because how good he is, how strong he is, what a leader he is. So when you take away all those attributes for, suddenly from a from a team, then listen... There's no point kidding ourselves in saying that we will um, be better than that. But I'd like to think we can be as good as that with the, with the squad that we now have and with the mentality that's already set in this squad. And boy, oh boy, will they want to, you know, we, we often hear the, the cliche, do it for Virgil van Dijk. Well, I tell you, God, these guys will be motivated like nothing else including our manager. This will hurt them and shock them far more than they hurt and shock, shock us because, you know, they're with the guy 24-7. They know what he's about. So it will be a shock to the system. But Klopp will rally them round, Gav. Klopp will rally them round and we've got no choice but to go again, uh, you know, and to show why we are called mentality monsters, why we have got this reputation of, you know, coming back stronger. But, um, you know, above all, 
the person that I feel for most and who's hurting the most, we all hurt, we're all down, is Virgil himself, Gav. Peak of his career, peak of LFC's success. We're at the zenith. These were the glory years of him. You know, he's 30-something now. Is he 30, 29, 30, no, something like that? 29. 29, he's 29 now. Absolute peak, peak powers of Liverpool, peak powers of Klopp, peak powers of Virgil van Dijk. And to take a year out from there, well, we're hoping it's not going to be a year, but it's a sickening blow for him. And I wish him all the best. Olivier says, time for LFC family to show what they are made of. All eyes are on us. Let's keep focus and dignity and not give them the satisfaction they seek. Um, <coughs> that's a, that's a, I'll take that. That's a, that's a fair point. Um, the satisfaction they seek though is for us to be upset over this. And we've every right to be upset over this, you know, and don't get me wrong. If, if a Liverpool player done this to somebody next week, I would be in the exact same seat as I am now. And I'll be telling you the exact same as I'm about to. It was a, what happened there yesterday in this incident with Virgil van Dijk was horrendous. It's the only word I can use for it. It's absolutely horrendous. And, and any sort of attempt to, I suppose, defend it is madness. But we will get onto that in detail in a couple of minutes. Um, let me see. Ramez uh, Khalil says, let's pray that we can survive until January and maybe go for Upa. Upa Meccano, I struggle with that name so bad. <laughs> Release clauses 42 million euros or 38 million pounds according to Bill. We'll talk about that towards the end as well because we are going to have to look at something, I think, um, some sort of solution. Although Fabinho, Matip, um, Gomez are there. Henderson at a push. You could do, you could do anything at a push, but I think we are going to have to look at something come January. So we will discuss that towards the end of the show. Thanks for the comment and super chat, Ramez, and thanks to Olivier for the super chat too. Keith, um, Slightly different angle for you. Um, is this the time now where players that you always thought this might be their chance to stand up? It most definitely is their chance to stand up now. You know, and I'm thinking of John Matip, although he's been excellent when he's played for Liverpool, he's missed quite a, a lot of football. And Gomez, who can have patchy form, is this the chance for them two in particular to stand up and show that they're able to fill the void left by Virgil van Dijk for however amount of months it is? Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, if you look at it, if we were doing this on FIFA, right, and you had Virgil van Dijk, you had Joe Gomez, Joe Matip, and you had Fabinho, that's fine. That doesn't take into account the fact that Joe Matip tends to pick up ridiculous amount of injuries at, you know, the slightest, slightest touch. If you could guarantee me that Gomez and Matip can stay fit and can stay, Gomez isn't an injury concern, but Matip is, and stay fit, and you have Fabinho backing that up, I don't think we're that bad. I don't think we're in too much trouble. We lose the leader of the team, but those players' ability-wise are good enough. The problem is that Matip is a huge injury there, which then puts you into Fabinho and Gomez, which I still think should be good enough for 90% of the games. There's no problem with those two ability-wise. Fabinho, I think, is fine at centre-back. The problem I have is Alisson not behind them. So you go in there now with Gomez, Matip, and Adrian... That's the issue over the next few weeks until we can get Alisson back. Now, I know Grizz is saying too, and I hope Liverpool don't rush Alisson back. Yeah. I hope they don't feel they need to rush him back because, you know, they can't rush him back and break him down. If they break him down again, not if Liverpool break him down, but if they rush him back and he breaks down and we've long-term Adrian and goal, then I think we've a huge issue. Centre-backs, I think we get through it. 
I said earlier, we're lucky everyone else is shite in the league. Do you know what I mean? That there's no Man City haven't aren't in the distance. Do you know what I mean? There's nobody running away. Villa, Villa are unbeaten, the only team. We can get through a period, I think, and get Allison back and get Allison fit and hopefully the lads will stay fit. All this talk of up McCano in January, I don't think it'll happen. I don't think Liverpool will go near him till the summer. I think it's this is what we have and that's it. Anything that might be a loan done in January and that's all. I don't think they'll go big. People saying you buy up a Meccano. Leipzig aren't going to sell up a Meccano in January. There's not fucking hope. And I've been against this. I I don't know why, but I have a feeling that they might look at Kula Bali in January. Yeah, possibly. I know his contract contract situation is dwindling and it's just going to keep going down and down. And De Laurentiis was losing a shit that he couldn't get rid of him even. I'm, not, I'm personally not a big fan of Koulibaly because the reason why I wasn't up the idea of signing Koulibaly is because he's predominantly a left-sided centre-back. Yeah. But he's no. the closest thing around to Van Dijk where he'll dominate everything. Sort of, do you know what I mean? No. I, I don't... I, transfer junkies are out straight away, you know what I mean? And I do agree. I think we will need I somebody. No, Bruce hasn't. <laughs> I just like it's from the start of this season, air squad has been disrespected by outsiders, and today yeah. it's been disrespected by our own fan base. Oh, yeah, exactly. There's people going in the tell saying the season's done, this, this, and that. We're done, fairs are done. We haven't got the we haven't got the personnel. Well, I tell you what, you tell Jurgen Club tomorrow morning when he walks into Melwood, what are you bothering for? You tell Mo Salah, Andy Robertson, Thiago. Trent, Jordan Henderson, Sadio Mane. You tell all of the world-class players in their team that we're done. And I tell you, they all give you the same answer. Are we fuck? Yeah. What club needs to... What club... Yesterday feels like a fucking massive injustice in so many ways. And we, we, we will touch on it. What club what? needs to do is now what Pep Guardiola failed to do last year. When the chips are down... You create a siege mentality. Exactly. This is what the great Manchester United teams did. This is what Ferguson did. When Roy Kane Roy Kane had a many long term injuries at Manchester United. And he was their most influential player. Very much in the same way Virgil van Dijk was. But it was still a team littered with world class players. And they got through it. Do you know why? Because Ferguson said, Look at you now, lads. It's you against the fucking world. Yep. And that's what that's what he's got to do now. This is going right. forward. This I think, is what he's got to do. I think p- positionally wise, I'm going to put something on the screen there from Cynical OG. He says, "Ah, here we go." LFC fan channel moaning about the online fan base. Is this the Anfield rap now? Um, we're not moaning about the on- online uh, fan base. Not what? No, not at all. What, what you're finding is is that you're being told now. Uh, you're being. <laughs> Basically, no, what's happening is no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. You, well, you might, you might be, but I, I can tell. You, this, this is the way I take it. This is the way I. This is the way. Well, well, this is this is the way I take it, Shani. Before the start of the season, it was all about what if this happens to Liverpool? What if that happens to Liverpool? What if Liverpool do this? Right, and it's all about find a way for Liverpool to fail, right? And you had there has been people. Um, in Liverpool's fan base, in every other fan base around um, the UK and beyond, and people in the media telling you that Liverpool's season could be over because Virgil Van Dijk has gone down injured. 
I don't, personally don't think it has. It will. Um, I'll still tell you now, I still expect Liverpool to win the Premier League because we have the players, we have the mentality and we have the, the drive to go and do this. And Virgil van Dijk's injury will be seen as some sort of injustice by Liverpool players, uh, backroom staff, management and fans alike. And it will drive them on. And I think what you're going to find now is an angry version of Liverpool. And I'm all for it. Now, I'm not for it happening because Virgil van Dijk gets injured, but I'm all for it because one thing, Liverpool have gone through stages in, in their, in their development over the last couple of years where they were mad footballers, mad, mad stuff. Then it was controlled. Then it was, then it was a mix of both. We've yet to see an anger from them. And I think that's what, I think we mightn't see the slickness this year. We mightn't see the control this year, but I think the anger might be the added ingredient that could be thrown in now that could just give them that extra dimension to go and win a league title. Sorry, Shani. You see the difference in mentalities yesterday, right? People have drumming up at how good this Everton team was. <coughs> yesterday, play as to why they will never win a Premier League because they haven't got the temperament to stick in there when it gets dirty, when it gets nasty. They lost ahead. Yeah. Richardson, nothing going well for him. He lost ahead. Now, cynical, I'm going to go back to what cynical said, moaning about the fan base. I absolutely am moaning about the LFC online fan base because I tell you what, it's a fucking disrespect to what Jurgen Klopp has built over these last five years. You can't be coming on podcasts and putting up tweets last week about how Jurgen Klopp has changed everything around the club from doubters to believers. And then as soon as one player is out, you're fucking... Scrap it. Hold it. Yeah. Kick it out. Virgil is gone. It's done. Well done. I can't believe it. Now, fairness, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely entitled to our opinion. But do not write these lads up. Write them up at your own peril. Let opposition fan bases do that. Let Andy Gray laugh about her on being sports. Let yeah. Gary Neville be smug about it. But one thing you don't do as a Liverpool fan is you don't fucking write them off. And this is not this is not burying me head in the sand here. This is just having a belief in a world-class outfit. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Every single team in the world misses having Virgil van Dijk not on that team every week. We're the lucky one to have him because he is one of a kind. But that does not mean we can't go out and win fucking games of football without him. We died on our ass for 10 minutes after that went off yesterday. It was very similar and reminiscent to when Salah went off in Kiev. Yeah. It was, we died on our ass. But what happened? We came back out like rabbit dogs again in the second half. These lads will not be defeated. They fought two and nine yesterday for them three points and literally had a ripped away by the tread of a jersey. So mm. you need to keep their head here. And cynical, if you feel like we're getting like the Anfield rap, you don't have to fucking watch me. And that's being deadly serious. And if you feel like Liverpool are done this year, well then pack it in. Simple as that. Don't just fucking give up on the team because one player is out. And don't turn around and have a go at people for people being cynical saying the season is done because one player think, is out. I think it's his absolutely- name was I think his name was Cynical OG, and I think we'll just leave it. I think that was our own goal yeah. by yeah. Cynical. So um, go on, yeah, well, Listen, I'm not going to disagree with anything Sean he said there. I'm not. I'm I genuinely am. You know, I think Liverpool teams of the past, you would have said 
you know, put it this way, Liverpool teams in the past when Steven Gerrard goes down with an injury like that, you go, yeah, the season's over because he was carrying teams on his back. Um, if you go back a little bit further, Michael Owen goes down with an injury and you're thinking, we're not going to score goals because Michael Owen scores them all. Um, Robbie Fowler, when you go back a little bit further than that. You know, um, Luis Suarez, people dealt with when, when he was out for five games and started 14, 14, could we do anything? That's how it goes. But this team is different and this team um, reacts to adversity unbelievably well whether that it's a loss whether it's a, a bad decision whether it's an injury they react so so well the universal boss Chris Gale which is an amazing name by the way uh, says even the boys other teams will have players get injured uh, middle and forward we have backup those teams do not have backups and trust the defenders fair enough um, and Ramius Khalil says issue is that we should be aiming for both Champions League and Premier League and we currently don't have the numbers at centre back uh to go to go on both fronts, let alone the lack of quality from missing Virgil van Dijk. That may be that may be a fair point. You know, it may be just too much to go and look for both of those competitions with the centre back yeah. options that you have now. But having said that, if if Fabinho comes in and plays really well, so and you say, listen, if you guarantee me Fabinho's fifth from now to the end of the season, I'm quite happy for Joe Matip to miss some football. And in the meantime. Joe Gomez is a patchy form and you can pick one of them from two as the rest of the season goes I still think you have a great chance in both competitions but listen it's 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 the mid to, mid to end October you never know what's going to happen yeah. um, lads let's move on and I'm going to try to do this in some sort of chronological order that's how the game went so we're not getting just stuck into you know big the, the big decisions so we, I want to start Grizz with um, Sadio Mane's goal um, three minutes into the game and I have to say um, it was a wonderfully worked goal it was a brilliant finish and it looked like Liverpool were right at it from the off, from the off, didn't it? Yeah. So look, after the Villa game, we we kind of talked about it during the week, and we said, well, not kind of, we bloody talked it to death. That we're going to see a different Liverpool. You know, we're going to see a total different performance. Everything that was lacking against Villa, we saw in abundance against Everton in their opening exchanges. We went to um, the Pretenders' home patch, right, flying, and we've just come off a um, you know a heavy loss. We went there and we played like champions, Gaff. We absolutely tore into them. The intensity of the pass, the pressing, the energy, the motivation, everything that was lacking against Villa, we saw, and we saw what we're made of. Um, look, you probably want to segue into the incident, but the goal, typical, just fast. They just couldn't live with us when we played our football at times. It was a joy to watch. We should have been 2-0 up with the 10 men um, after, what, 10 minutes? And that's your game done there and then. But in terms of our performance, and let's concentrate for now on what we done, I thought we were superb. I thought the selection of the team made sense. I thought um, we rested or rotated the right players in Ginny. Ginny had played all, all international break. Um, Matip, I was, I was praying that if Matip's fit, he comes straight back in. And so it was. So it was. So selection-wise, Thiago, full debut. And the main man himself, Henderson, who I thought was just absolutely out of this world. They And and, and the returning Sadio Mane. So if you think about it, there's five players there that didn't have nothing to do with Villa. So they were like, whoa, 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 what happened there? Let's put this right. So those five added with the with the natural and you know reaction of the other players, it boded really well. It was a great start, a great goal. Sadio, main, you know, 
dedicated to VVD um, was just was just sensational game and, and a brilliant start to the game for us. Um, Mark Hansen says, I find it funny as a toffee, all the decisions you go you get your way in the past and you cry when it doesn't go your way. Um, it's not pathetic. about decisions. Don't forget that, he says pathetic as well. Throw that in. Oh, sorry, pathetic, pathetic at the end. Yeah. So, Mark, let me let me say something to you. Um, decision can go against you. There's no doubt about it. You know, um, was it a penalty? Wasn't it a penalty? Stuff like that. The decisions we're about to get on to in a few minutes, there's no argument over. Absolutely none. And you, I presume you're talking about VAR decisions. You might want to go and check the amount of VAR decisions for and against Liverpool um, and how we've benefited as opposed to other clubs since it's been introduced. I presume that's what you're talking about, Mark. If it's not, please come back on and tell me. No, I, listen, everyone has a right to their, to their saying. He's got a saying and we have a right to reply. Um, Keith, I am going to segue um, because the goal is a brilliant goal. Grizz has described it very well. So I want to segue into this incident with Jordan Pickford and um, Virgil van Dijk. So what got me, Keith, was watching it, I just thought, it's a penalty and it's a red card. And then it was like, oh, it's offside. It's offside. So I, I presumed it was going to be, we're given offside, but we're sending him off for for what he's done. And it turns out that um, they didn't. They just gave offside and Virgil van Dijk was, had to leave the pitch and be substituted. Um, and then I went back and I looked and went, well, why would he call him VAR? And they, were, they weren't calling VAR over a corner. They were calling for a possible penalty. So why did that disappear out of the realm of, of consideration when, when it was announced that it was, it was offside? And it, it ties in with Richardson later on because that's a tackle after, after the whistle as well. But Keith, I don't know. Try take those red tinted glasses off. Try try be as as you know straight down the line as you can. Is there any way you can defend that tackle? The tackle? No, Jesus Christ, no. No, well, well, no, but I'm I'm talking about the Jordan decision here. or the tackle. Like what? The, the, like the tackle is horrendous. The, there's no to me. And look, I'll take my red tinted glasses off. It's fucking horrendous. And Jordan Pickford has history for tackling like this. Done it to Deli Alley the exact same way, diving out with his feet, scissors, and connecting with a, another player's leg. Now that's not a natural, um, that's not a natural uh, instinct for a goalkeeper. That's not a natural. Um, I can't think of the way to phrase that's it. You know, for a cowardly little pox. That's all. That's exactly what it is, Sean. It's a cowardly little fucker that comes out and does that. Now he can say all he wants. There was no intent in that, and others can say there's no intent in that. But if you come out leading with your fucking legs like that. It's just disgraceful. It's a disgraceful challenge. It's not even, you know, Virgil van Dijk's statement. Yeah, but Keith, 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 I, I, think, I, I, don't think, I, I don't think intent is what we're talking about here. It's no. to me, it's, uh, I've seen people say, you know, oh, he's trying to block something. He's not trying to block anything. Yeah, he's come he out, he's come out, he's seen Virgil van Dijk about to trap a ball and he's gone yeah. over the top of the ball with his left foot. He's carried through, he's done a, he's more or less done a scissor action and left Virgil van Dijk in the position where his body can go nowhere else. That yeah. is not, a, and I've seen, um, I've seen people say, uh, you know, he's a goalkeeper. He wants to make himself big. Well, yeah. let me tell you, make one way to, and I'm no goalkeeper, but one way to make not make yourself big is to jump out nearly horizontal yeah. with your with your leg over the ball. If you want to make yourself big, come out and make yourself big in front of him. You but know, that's why the argument falls on its arse, Gav, because keeper making himself big doesn't do that. Keeper making himself big spreads his body and makes himself big. Jordan Henderson made it on oh, Jordan Henderson. Jordan Pickford made himself fucking small and gave it. If that was a forward coming in, he'd have all the 
the bleeding goal to shoot at. He could go above him, he could go below him. It was horrendous. It was a scissors tackle on him. I've seen Everton fans trying to compare it with Dorkout's one on Phil Neville, which didn't even get fucking near him, which was like a block. It wasn't a tackle because Kel jumped in the air. This was nothing like that. This was a player that came out. Did he mean to do him? I don't know. Only he knows that. Reckless like, is the word I use. That. Reckless, extremely reckless, guy. But it's in the fucking the start of the game. What's he diving out like that for? I, you can have red tinted glasses off. I'd love to hear someone with that blue tinted glasses off coming on and saying, look, defend that. You know, what was your honest opinion of that? Because all I'm seeing is Everton fans saying... The thing that gets me, Gav, right, is... Sorry, Rajiv, and and just before you go on, Shani, Rajiv says, I've been a goalkeeper. Your legs don't wrap around together. They clean out the player, not scissors. Not scissors like Virgil van Dijk. This is what I'm saying. This wasn't... Shani, I'll put it this way. If you move that incident 20 yards, 25 yards up the pitch and you replace Jordan Pickford with... Fucking Seamus Coleman, Seamus Coleman, Alan, whoever, or yeah. switch it around, Fucking switch it around, on, and on you put Gomez. you you put Richardson trapping that ball, and Henderson goes in and does that. It's a fucking red card, and there's no oh, yeah. about it, is there? Yeah, and it should have yeah. been a red. Yeah. This is what like it's what gets me is like I understand you're gonna go down to the offside, and Mark Hansen is going on. I see that offside decision yesterday. We've seen 25, 40 of them since since the inception of the AR last year, right? We've seen loads of that. But what I can't fathom is, right, the AR is a video-assisted referee, okay? Mm. That's what it stands for. If there's recl- one thing that should never, ever go unmissed is reckless, dangerous play. Yeah, that will never be missed because they have multiple camera angles. They can stop the game at any time yeah. after yeah. the incident, and it's okay. not subjective either. Exactly. It's, look, even it's Keith, even that is, even if that is subjective, right? There's four officials on the sideline yeah. who have access to the replay cameras and seeing what are going on. Okay, Michael Oliver has in his ear access to Stockley Park and the lads on the line. <laughs> You can't possibly tell me not one of those officials turned around and didn't say to Michael Oliver, you know what, that's reckless dangerous play there. I think you should have a look at that yourself. No, I, no, we, it's, look, we, it's, we can it's say... It's baffling. Do you know, yeah. do you know and, and, people... Sorry, go on. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. I'm gonna, like, what the biggest thing that annoys me is, and this has annoyed me forever in football, like, I, I hate anything like that. I hate malicious tackles. I really do. Sometimes you can see players going over the ball and there's a tend to get the ball. But one thing I hate more than that is this idea of, in the context of the game, in the context of the game, uh, look, if that's if if he fouls him outside the box, that's a penalty. If he fouls him like that in midfield, he gives a foul. All right. The rules should not change depending on the context of the game. Yeah. Whether it's the first ten minutes 
of Liverpool at home to Bournemouth are the first 10 minutes of a Merseyside derby. If there's a reckless challenge, it should be punished as a reckless challenge. It should not be looked out on the outside of the game or uh, forced tackle. So so you're telling me, oh yeah, forced tackle's a free one. So you can go in on like that yeah. on any player and get away with it. Absolutely not. But this is what's fucking drummed up. It was an absolute... Pickford's attentions deserved. The fact that he stayed on the football pitch after that is an absolute disgrace. It's an absolute joke. And the worst part about all is, before even pre-VAR, now we'll show up in a minute, because I could go on about this only. The worst thing about referees is, it's not even that they have no accountability. They're actually above accountability. So yeah. if a manager says that about them, they get fined. If a player says that about them, they get fined. Nobody come out and say anything about referees. They're completely protected. They should be made stand in front of a camera at the end of a game. If they have a great game, you say, you know what, Michael, talk me through this and what was your thought process here and what did the lads in Stockley Park say? There's none of that. They're completely protected by the media and the league association for whatever reason, I don't fucking know. And as long as that's the case, VAR, no VAR, no matter who's refing games, these decisions will always happen in football because there's zero accountability yeah. for referees. The problem isn't VAR, it's who's controlling VAR. Because if well, you have well, referees I've, I've, and their mates controlling it, they're not going to pull up. Michael Oliver, before you move on, Gav, sorry. Michael well, Oliver, I want to, I want to get Chris's feeling on this before he well, no, gets upset. My, Michael Oliver in real time, probably didn't have the best view of that. Some can argue he did, some can argue he didn't. He didn't have it in in real time. You don't know what his angle was. How the VAR ref didn't say, have a look at that on the screen is a fucking disgrace. And we'll come on to him, I'm sure, in a few minutes. But sorry, well, I, Chris. Can, I, can, I can guarantee you that Michael Oliver had an absolutely exceptional view of that incident. I can guarantee you. Because if you go back and look at the video from behind the goal, where you see Pickford enter the frame and hit Van Dijk, when the ball goes out, you see Michael Oliver directly behind him blowing a whistle. I'm directly gonna, behind the, the thing. I'm going to defend. I'm going. I'm going to defend Michael Oliver, and I'm going to explain why. Okay, I'll power another can. <laughs> you walk away. <laughs> well, Michael Oliver did see that incident, and that's the reason why he thought it was a penalty. He thought it was a foul. Hmm. Now, where Michael Oliver is not hundred oh, percent so- to blame. Go on, I'll let you finish because that's a very interesting thing you've just said. Once it goes to VAR, and what these two brothers have said, once it goes to VAR and all the technology and all the angles they are, um, they have at their disposal. For that, for for, from that incident, so he's called up to VAR. VAR said, "Okay, we may have a penalty incident." I'm pretty sure Michael Oliver may have thought it was a foul because it was a clash to him, right? Mm. But when he sees that. The guy up in the room, Coot, his name was whatever. Yeah. And how he sees that not endangering a player is beyond anyone's logic. Anyone's anyone's eyes, anyone can see that that is it's not it's not foul play, it's seriously endangering another opponent. You know how rugby tackles are banned like round the neck. This is the equivalent version. This is a a season ender, like it's so it's been proved, a possible career breaker, an ender. I have absolute no issue with the likes of Alan Gomez, who was the other midfielders going around, Dear playing like playing like dogs of war. That's they're entitled to. 
Everton will always be that. That was the only way to rough us up. The little fouls, the stopping of play. Listen, this is not roasting. If there's any Everton uh, listeners and viewers, you've got absolutely right to go around the pitch, fouling here and there, stopping the flow of the game, because that's what they were doing from the first minute to the end. But when you're endangering another player that is absolute out of order, goalkeepers, when they come out, and we all know this, we don't need to be experts on goalkeepers. When goalkeepers come out, the instinct nature of a goalkeeper is to go with his hands, either for the ball or at worst, try to tr- if, he, if he thinks he can't get the ball, he tries to take out his legs with, the, uh, with his hands. And that's how many penalties we see when the goalkeeper's lashing out. He's got a reputation of coming out like that. That is not a goalkeeping instinct. I defy any goalkeeping manual to say that that's how you come out. That's a coward's way. That's an absolute bottle job and a nasty, nasty, nasty possible career-ending type of tackle. And how the guy in the room didn't see that is the most shocking. I can slightly excuse Michael Oliver. I can't. For thinking, no, but for thinking, okay, that's a foul. Let's have another look at how, how it looks. No, 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 no. Grizz, if Michael, if Michael Oliver thinks that's a foul, he should blow the whistle and give a penalty kick. Okay. And then if they want to go back and check for VAR and they say, well, listen, he was actually offside, which was he offside? It was marginal, but we, we look, we'll take it. He was offside, right? Michael Oliver, should, 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 what's happening with referees and linesmen now in particular is, are you telling me that that linesman standing on line with Virgil van Dijk and Jordan Pickford isn't, in, isn't of the opinion that, that that does something wrong with that? Because he's looking straight in at this and he sees a player go straight over the top football, clack, clatter into, into Virgil van Dijk and send him, send him flying. Why isn't the flag up? Now, don't get me wrong, he's offside. I get that, right? But what I'm saying is, because they didn't make a decision of any sort on that incident as a standalone incident, that's the reason why it got brushed over. The linesman should have the flag up. If not the linesman, the referee should blow the whistle and say penalty kick. Now, VAR can come back and go, Michael, listen, it's not a penalty kick. Sorry, it's offside, so you can't get the penalty. But the challenge is a red card challenge because regardless of whether that's offside or not, that ball is still in play to everybody on that football pitch when that incident happens. It's still in play. All right, and the reason that. and the reason it's still in play is because VAR is there one and two linesmen refuse to put up their flags anymore. They refuse to put up their flags, even if they know a fella is offside. They leave uh, it down and they leave it down. The linesmen, right? no, but no, but, no but, but this literally. is what I'm saying. They, they they shouldn't be there, right? They should just play out the game and then go. Just bring it back, check the video. There's no point in that Egypt being there. Simple as that, right? The second thing is the the. They, they go to VAR for something that they think is a possible penalty, right? Now, there's only two things that can happen here, Grizz. One, it's called offside. Fine. One, they don't check for the penalty then because they spot the offside forced, right? Which is is negligent. Or two, they do check it and decide that actually that's absolutely fine what's just happened there. And that is outrageous to even think that. And but that's where that's the situation you were in with regards to that. Okay, this is it should have been, it should have been, but it should have been an offside, a free out to Everton, okay. right? And it should have been, a, and it should have been a red card to Jordan Pickford. It's a simple, no yeah. matter what way you skirt around it. But the guy who loses his job wouldn't be Oliver in this situation. The guy who loses his job, and I hope <clears> to God he get. 
no one wishes someone loses their job, but that that needs to be looked at, and he needs to lose his job because. But this is a problem. But this, but Chris, this is a problem with a chain of command, Chris. That's his job to see if there's been anything that the referee needs to see again that's been so obviously missed. And it's obviously been missed, or he hasn't seen a clear image of it. You're claiming, yeah, Chris. He's looking, Chris. Chris. He's Chris. He's looking straight down the line of a go back and look. He's not, looking. Yeah, but, he's yeah, look, but we can't guarantee that, Gav. But, but you see, this, this, this is the, but this is the clear. This is clear and obvious when it happens. Let's, but this, don't know. guys, guys, let's deal with facts. Forget, That's, take the emotion yeah. out of it. The fact is that once he's gone to the screen, that cunt upstairs, right? Yeah. He sees it. That's fact. He sees yeah. every angle like we all have. And like the commentator said at the time of the comment of the match, wow, that's a straight red card. That's endangering play. How he doesn't relay that message back to Michael Oliver is yeah. scandalous, Gav. It's yeah. on the verge of me saying it's corruption because that guy has got history with Klopp. Yeah. But you see, that's the thing. This is the chain of command now. So, so you have a referee that doesn't make a decision. You have a linesman that doesn't make a decision. Then you have a referee that looks to VAR to, for it to be. Sorry, Sean. Now, one sec. You have you have a linesman that doesn't make a decision. You, you may have a referee that looks for VAR for a possible penalty. You have a guy in the box that says, "Well, it was offside," and then between them, they decide. Even if the fella in the box says it was offside. Surely Michael Oliver has saying, is saying to him, I don't give a fuck if it's offside. I need you to look. Actually, do you know what? Put it on the screen. I'm going over myself for a look. Yeah. I'll, I'll take your offside call, but I'm telling you, if I think I, what I've seen has happened there, I've, I should have blown for a penalty, or B, I want to see on the screen. And I'll go over to the screen, and I'll say, yes, it's a red card. Now, if he blows for a penalty, he could it, the clear and obvious fucking error comes in. Okay, and I'm telling you now, Grizz, if he blows for a penalty and makes that decision, there's not hope in hell. Anybody, Bill Kenroy in the fucking VAR box is not going to turn around saying you've made a clear and obvious fucking error. That's that's how fucking clear it was. So the chain of command is completely all over the place. Nobody's making decisions. And then when it comes to making them, they're not even looking at the original decision they wanted to look at. They're looking at something else because they found an offside. It's it's scandalous. It's scandalous. Sorry, Sean, you wanted to go on. Can one of you educate me on this or even someone in the chat? It's a VAR, it's an assistant referee. Yeah. So why are the focus in Stockley Park able to make a definitive? They should be late to the manager or to the referee on pitch. You need to look at this. You need to look at this. All right, Michael, I think you made an error there. Do you want to check the screen there and see if you agree with your original decision? That. The decision should always come down to the referee on the pitch. Yeah. And if he goes over and if he... So that way, if say for instance, right, Michael Oliver uh, makes a, a decision on uh, a reckless uh, over-the-top-of-the-ball challenge, but Yaman doesn't get the player, gets the ball or whatever. He sends Yaman off. They tell, they tell him to him and bar, right, Michael, have a look at that. You might want to have a look at that again. He looks at that. He can see clearly that, all right, he didn't make contact. But you know what? The ego I have, I'm going to send him off anyway. So at the end of the game, you could turn around and say, do you know what? He's just a fucking idiot because he had two looks at that and still made the decision wrong twice. Because at the end of the day, human error is always going to be part of the game. But you're taking that away from him. He can hide behind that now. Oliver can turn around and say, it wasn't me. It was David Q. He told me not to look at it. Yeah. He shouldn't yeah. be telling you not to look at. 
The referees in Stockley Park should be doing what it says in the fucking title, assisting. They should be assisting. They should not be making black or white calls. Yes, no. For me, that's not offside. Do you know what, Michael? Their mantra you- is clear it's and obvious a- errors. Clear and obvious errors. That was a clear and obvious error. So but fucking I- tell them. Check the screen. Check the screen, exactly. Michael. I don't understand how these decisions are. Like, offsides, I get it. There's been 20 or 30 of them since the inception yeah. of our last year, where there's armpits and shoelaces. I can live with that because we've we've come to know that. How did that go on notice? Like Gab, you said, you can put fucking Howard Kendall, you can dig him up out of his grave and bleed and put him on the side of the pitch and he'd still be able to tell you. So is there, so is there, I'll tell you why. Is there, is there a case where is there is there a case where you we think or you think or I think because I certainly think this, and I'm just trying to get into your mind so you agree with me. Inception, right? But is there a case where we say that the referees are a team in terms of they hate undermining each other in yes. situations like this? Yeah. So is yes. there a situation to say? Oh, I don't want to over, you know, because that seems to be happening and it's so clear and obvious. So maybe one method would be to either, either get ex-players and professionals who've played the game or even no. ex-referees who are not part of the current system and are not sort of scared of undermining or overriding a current referee's decision. Maybe that's the way forward. Because look, we're not going to get rid of VAR. VAR's here to stay. It will be tweaked. We're absolutely free. Uh, tweet, tweet me bollocks, Chris. I'm sick yeah, of all this we, tweet shit. Yeah, and I tell you, you know, no, hold on. I'm, I'm sick of this. We're only in this stage or in that stage. Listen, that's like what me buying that? a car. Now, hold on. No, it's not fact. It's this is? Is like me. This is like me buying a car with fucking three wheels and going, oh, but next week I'll have four. It's all, that's a hot bullshit, Chris. You're, you're playing in a multi bit. No, multi-bit, no Chris. Example. No, it's, it's not a shit. It's not a shit. Okay, I need, I need aircon now. Then you add aircon. Then you realize, okay, aircon. Now I need to get electric windows. We're adjusting. We're going to okay. Be, so, so, so what? So what you're what you're telling me is you're you're going to buy a car and then you're going to add parts to the car, right? Right. Yeah, we're not talking about a fuck. What we're talking about here is we're ta- hold on. We're talking about a multi-billion pound industry here, right? It's the most exp- it's the most fucking money-making league in world football, right? Yeah, yeah. Bar none. And you're telling me that you can't get the technology A, right? You probably have the technology. You do, right? We've cameras everywhere. But you cannot educate people to work this technology or have some sort of system as to what you way can. it's done. And, and now, hold on. Can. No, you can't, Chris, because you're watching it every week. And the argument coming out is, oh, well, it happens to everyone. That doesn't make it right, Chris. That doesn't make it right. If, 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 we, if there's a hundred wrong decisions throughout a season, you can't try and go, ah, oh, well, there's a hundred wrong and there's 20 teams and they all got five against them. So that's grand. No, it's fucking not. Cause you're not, you're not dealing in context then. This is what I'm saying to you. And all this, it'll be tweaked and we're only at this stage. Well, then get rid of it. Get rid of it and go off and test it somewhere else that, that they're allowing it to They'll be never tested. Get rid of it. And then come back and then come. <laughs> well, then Grizz. Don't get rid of it. But don't come and tell me that it'll be tweaked. Don't come and tell me we're only at this stage of it. Don't come and tell me that, ah, you know, this happens and now you know that happens. Go. Now, hold on. Go. Go. Go and test it on somebody else that you know that you can run out these two weeks, right? In games, go and do it in the lower leagues. Go and do it wherever you want. Um, But when you show up at the Premier League and the money that's involved and and the consequences that are involved in in this, don't turn up and tell me, ah, well, this is a version, but we'll tweak it as we go. And Come on. Grace, you can't. 
You can't. Go on, Keith. You was going to say something because no, no. I just repeat. I just. I'm just going to repeat what I said initially. Look, the rage and the passion and the feelings are high. We all get that. I accept that. It was the same for Spurs a couple of weeks ago, right? Spurs lads, I was chatting. Do you remember when they got the crazy decisions, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and I don't, I haven't got stats and facts, but in my opinion, you would get more decisions right with VR, VAR oh, yeah. than we didn't. And that's the purpose of VAR. Yeah. Yes, we're going to get talking incidents, incidents to talk about and rage about and debate all week. That's part and parcel of it. The scrutiny, the cameras, everything around these kind of decisions make it worse than it really actually is. It needs to be tweaked. Situations will evolve where we think, whoa, how did that happen? And it will. Do, do you not think when sort of we're asking them to sort of Liverpool officially have asked them to explain, mm. like, like you asked us, explain mm. what the fuck happened there, right? You think these people won't actually look at it, review the process and think, right, we need to change this. We need to change that. As frustrating and as time consuming we think it is. And what would you change? What What would you change about VAR's technology around Pickford and, and Virgil Van Dijk yesterday? I th- I th- I think the around the technology. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with the technology. No, technology. No. This is a chain of command. That's the problem. But that's yeah, technology. Finish. All right. And they haven't. And they haven't used. And they have. And they haven't even used it right. They haven't given all the details to the referee. Can I? Can I just say something? I, I see where Grizz is coming from, Grizz, and there is certain decisions where the rail is black and white and it will clean them up. But there's, there's, there's got to be things where with additional assistance and video evidence that like, there's absolutely no way any reckless endangerment of an opponent... Hold on, Jesus. Johnny, I'm very loud. ...should be should be going noticed or unchecked. Like, how did that happen? How did that slip through the net yesterday? Yeah. It's it's how, a chain how, of command. That's how, how it slipped how, through the net. Even if you well, didn't realize... Well, it's not. See, I don't think it's a chain of command in that incident, Gav. He's gone back to the camera, uh, the camera guy in the room. Yeah. Now, it's up. Now, this is where it becomes subjective when it shouldn't. Because that guy's thought, in his opinion, that there's nothing worthy of reporting back to Michael Oliver and saying, I think you should have a look at this. Now, we've seen in other incidents that does happen. So the problem here is that individual is an absolute cockwomble. That's where the problem is. He's an absolute bastard because he's looked at that and said, there's nothing to see here. It's amazing. No, he's he's looked at it and he said, there's nothing to see here, lads. As you were. You are a bastard. <laughs> how is that as you were? No, yeah. How is that as you were? He's literally, literally ended someone's season. Yeah. No, well, he hasn't. He has. Oh, that Pickford has. has. Anyway. Pickford, that he's happened. seen it though. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's seen it. He's witness to it. And he's getting paid to correct that type of thing. Fuck he should have been dead. He should have been dead to dole out the punishment that should have happened, and it should have been a red card for Pickford, and it should be an extended ban as well for Pickford for being reckless. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen reality, now. Go ahead, Shani. The reality is that decision is made hundreds of miles away from Merseyside yeah. in a van in London. Yeah. So it's an industrial estate. Yeah. He can 
Robin he Hood. slips in the back door and nobody says anything. Yeah. And Michael well, no, Alvarez. I, think so. I think he'd be I think he'd be pulled up, Sean. He has to I get pulled up. Like, I guarantee he, he won't. He I just I read a whole thing about him today and on Reddit, and he was the one who deemed the challenge yes. on a read at Old Trafford last year, not a foul in the build up to their goal. And oh, then he's someone, the one who Oh, he's, he's yeah. the same one that Robbo and yeah. Klopp had worked yeah. with after the game. Yeah, Burnley. I can't remember the game. Burnley. They had the, full, the draw last season. Now. That's the one. He posted his LinkedIn account and his header on his profile is him standing in Old Trafford. I think I that's the that, ah, that's that, just That's just a Zoom background. One of the fellas it's Wendley in the back and then Old Trafford behind that as well. I think that could be a fake one. But I think he did have something to do with Manchester grassroots football. So it could be oh, but listen, 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 listen. I don't I don't what's stopping what's stopping Scoy? Because they have cameras in Stockley Park, because you yeah. see them sitting in the van. What's stopping Jeff Shreves after a game saying to fucking Michael Oliver, uh, Michael, because they've often done it. You get Jamie Redknapp there telling players how great that their goals yeah. are and he's standing there pointing everything out. We can't, after the game, right, they pull them to the side because when you're watching a game of rugby, all right, where I think video system referee has been perfectly implemented, you hear exactly what the ref is saying and you hear what the lads back in the, in the box are saying, all right? So why can't you, why can't Jeff Shreves pull Michael Oliver to the side there and go, right, Jeff, uh, Michael, because uh, I think outside of that incident, Michael Oliver actually had a decent game. I think he was in control of the game the whole point. Yeah. I thought he did, but but what he but, but but if he if he's looking at that and he's asking VAR to check for a possible pen, right? What he should be saying is, I think that's a penalty. Going to the box. Now, listen, it could be all on this fella where he says, No, there's nothing in it. He traps the ball, it, it, it hits it hits it hits yeah, it hits Pickford and goes out, right? And fair enough, right? I still think Oliver had a decent view. Now Kieran Tarna said he's tweeted us the two um stills of, of it and you can't see him in the first picture I think he's uh, maybe he didn't but what I'm saying is I can't I can't I can't understand why Michael Oliver if he sees something that he thinks that's a possible penalty why isn't he just going over to the screen and going I'll, I'll, I think that's a penalty I'm going to the screen to have a look at this and um, chat with chat with the lad and go what do you think yeah yeah it is and go and done the, the, but like I'm saying Jeff Reeves can pull Michael Oliver to the side after a game alright Michael uh, can you explain what happened here um, and what was said from yeah uh, from David Coote in Stockley Park? Hmm. Yeah, it's a Surely, surely accountability I'm, is another accountability is another thing that will come into it because of the pressure of clubs. And you know, people are saying, "Oh, Liverpool, um, it's happened to Liverpool, so therefore it will be you know scrutinised more." Of course, it will because we're a fucking super mega club. And we should make noise about it. And then, then what Sean is saying, accountability will be placed on referees and assistants. Ed. But again, it's it's one of those things that will evolve into that. Like, it's, the thing is, like, you can't say anything about the refs or you get lashed. Mm. So that way, like, yeah. the ref, a ref can make any decision that he wants, basically. But, and he but might end up in the championship for a few games. And that's it. Yeah, but 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 that's... that's but that's yeah. that's a different that's a different thing altogether. Did you know? And what you can and can't say to referees here is an instance where, you know, if it's true that that fella is looking at that and saying no, there's nothing in it. Well, you, you might as well give up. You might as well give up. Uh, Rajiv says, Gav, Oliver thought it was a pen. The assistant flagged, so it was offside originally. So they checked the offside first. They should have checked red card after that, but they didn't. That's the fault. Yeah, 
Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Thank you for that break. Yeah, well, well, I said it. that that though that goes some way to clearing it up. But Arla White, who commentates for CNBC in America with Jim Beglin, uh, the Athletic every weekend. I didn't know this, and you can actually get this on the Premier League website. There's a refereeing report of the game, and it will give you an analysis on the big moments in the game. So the Athletic posted about what happened. But Arla White turned around and said, well, that's not what we were told by the Premier League match directors. That's not the communication that they got from Stockley Park. So it's clear they know they dropped the bollock massively. But this, is why, but this is why we as a club have further taken that on and said mm. we want an explanation as a result about what, explain to us what happened. Just like we're asking each other. Liverpool have made a formal complaint and said, you know, explain to us. So there will be accountability soon. I, I truly believe yeah. that. Do you, know what the, the, do you know what the Premier League will tell them? Don't try and pull a queue and take over the league and you won't get fucking blatant decisions not going your way. I don't have any tinfoil hat to wear while I say that. But Michael Oliver, do we all agree is the best referee in England? I think yes, I would say so, yeah. With I don't last people saying, oh, you know, I think it. The what? It's like a bag of shite. And picking out yeah. the best lump of shite. No, he's <laughs> good. He's good. No, no, he's good. He's good. He, he's the best of a bad bunch. He's the best of a, a terrible. It's the worst group oh, of I referees think. I can remember. No, well, I think he's a good referee. Cheers, Gav. And how Don't he didn't go to look at that is just beyond me. It's, it's madness. Yeah. And people in the comments, we've Everton fans and other teams fans in the comments having a nice little laugh about it. They can have a laugh all they want. You know, you get some decisions, you don't get some decisions, but these decisions have been like ridiculous, disgraceful. Like that's a disgraceful decision that happened yesterday. Not even like, ah, it was unlucky. You know, it was an armpit offside or whatever. Forget the offside. The fucking tackle. They can overrule, you know, well, you see, a decision. So, to look you see, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't disregard the offside because when you look later on in the game, Richardson throws in a tackle after the whistle because there's a foul on Mane maybe. Um, mm. Now, if you're gonna go by the, if you're gonna go by ignore the tackle because it was an offside forced, Richardson stays on the pitch because if you're gonna use that, if you're gonna use that pretense, basically it happened. Ah, there was there was a foul forced and there was an offside forced. So anything that happened afterwards, ah, doesn't count. That happened forced, unlucky. You know, and well, you, have player, you have a player, you have a player walking around with six weeks or six month injury yeah. at least, and you have another player that's very lucky to be walking away with a bruised knee. Um, but is look, that all he has? A bruising yeah, it looks like Thiago it. has um, bruising. He'll miss Ajax, but he'll be back next week. That's what it looks like. Um, let's, move, let, let, let's move away from that because there's a couple more instances I want to get to in the 20 minutes or so before we finish, right? Um, lads are going to give us a goal each. Um, uh, Grizz, you're, you're going to be fortunate enough to talk about Mo Salah's goal, but the other two lads have got the Everton goal. So, uh, Keith, I'm going to go to you first. Michael Keane equalises um, a header, um, middle of goal. Yeah. Bullet header, I have to be honest. Good header. Um, but, but would you would you point fault at Adrian? Because I point a little bit of fault at um, the people trying to mark Michael Keane. I think he got away way too easy. Yeah, he got away easy. But, you know, it's it's hard. It's easy, isn't it, to blame Adrian on everything. If he's not pulling out world-class saves, every goal that goes in on him now, you'll find fault in it. You, you really will. However... I think he should have saved it. I don't know what he was. Uh, it, it, it's something about Adrian's um, face, his body. No, not his face. <laughs> you know, you have issues with his face. It's, his body posture or something when he 
tries to make saves. He doesn't really look like a goalkeeper, which sounds weird. Yeah. He doesn't put his body behind shots. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's weird the way he, he does that. He's too easily beaten from things like that. Forget about the, the when he drops a bollock. Like, that's ridiculous. But for routine stuff like that, for a, a, a header coming straight down his throat, it's terrible. So I always find fault with him on that because I, I just think in general his, his posture is fucking brutal for these sort of things. So, yeah, good goal by Kane. But Adrian is at fault. Mm. Um, I'm going to try to read this. Is it Shashank Mehrotra? I think yeah. I've done well there. Um, you done very well. Yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. thanks a million lads. I've been practicing. Um, I haven't. Why would I be practicing? Uh, hi guys, I can only imagine why players don't come to England. Messi would spend half his career in the treatment room in the EPL. I don't even. I don't think no, it's even I, that. I don't even think it's that. I think there's, there's tackles everywhere in the world. I think it's just a case yeah. of are you going to are you going to get this uh, get this right Protection. or not? You know that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. No, a little I bit, would say there's a, a bit thing like that. And Hardy. I still think there's a, there's a thing with English refs about this, and it's in their, I don't know if it's institutional, sort of in their head about this Premier League type <coughs> and get tackles in and the physicality. The referee's job, one of the referee's main job is to protect to protect the player's uh, health. Safety. All-time yeah. safety. Hmm. Um, Harley Sportstar 48 says defenders are more to blame than Adrian for the first goal. I think you could argue, in fairness, that it's you could you you could throw 50% at each because I don't think defending is very good. Michael Keane doesn't do a lot to move and he's one of their tallest players and one of the most um, threatening in the air. He doesn't have yeah. to do a lot to get the head in it. But in fairness, when the ball's coming at Adrian, especially in slow motion, he has got a head in them like, oh, fuck, that's a ball. And then it's too late. Um Grizz, I'm going to give you Mo Salah's goal because um, it's a lovely goal. It's poor from Everton defensively, I have to say. They let the ball get in the box too easy. Um, is it Mina throws a leg at it? And, no, he's supposed to head it away, yeah. No, he doesn't. He flicks at it with his foot. Um, it comes to the centre-half. and he's Same difference. And uh, But it's a brilliant finish by Salah, in fairness, isn't it? Like, no keeper saving that. Yeah. It's, with Salah, you find that. You know his um, his instinctive finishes are fucking elite. Yeah, I mean when he's got no time to think about his chances, I can't think of a better strike of a ball with so much less time to think about it. He often struggles or misses or complicates it when he's got time. It's amazing. I thought I thought Salah was probably I was giving a six out of ten performance, and then he does something like that. But that's what you got with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think he had a brilliant game, but then he pops up with the goal of the game. Um, you know, fantastic. The power he, he he gets sort of with such a short backlift. It's very similar to your golf swing, Gavin. Uh, yes. That's what I noticed. Um, I think he's... I, think he's, he's I don't swing unique. the club that fast. I think he's pretty unique the way he does that. How much power he, he gets sort of through just a short backlift. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, should have been the winning goal. Should have been, should have been the winning goal. Should have been three points. You know, would have been worthy. You know, his finishes are, are sublime when he does that kind of shit. Man. His finishes are sublime when when he does that sort of stuff. Um, let me see. Kieran Thorne says Manny is at fault for the second goal. Also, Hamas Rodriguez, great player, but all this card waving and staying down, acting dead, can do one. Um, yeah, he was a bit. Yeah, there was a bit of that here on in fairness. Yeah, yesterday. but even that, we don't give a shit about that. Even that, forget all that. We don't care about that. Oh, 
Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Yeah, well, I want to get on to, I want to get on, like, he's saying Manny's at fault for the second goal. Um, I, Shani, I'm going to put it to you that the, the midfield ain't quick enough to close down. Um, Trent, for me, is out of position um, and can't make it back to stop the cross. The cross is a looping cross, and I think between Robertson and Gomez, between Robertson and Gomez, they don't do enough to A, attack the ball, or B, put Calvert-Lewin off. And I don't think you can blame the goalkeeper. Would you agree with that? I'd agree with, agree with most of that. But I think mm. sometimes you just need to hold your hand up and say, well, like it was a serious display of athleticism from Calvert-Lewin. And he was getting yeah. up like that the whole game. Like he was, It was like Ronaldo. He was getting up like Ronaldo, like hang time. And you can turn around and say, oh, Virgil is there, he doesn't make that pull up. He's not there. So yeah. he don't. Yeah. And there's, yeah. it looks like a lack of communication between Robertson and Gomez because what happens is as the ball is hung up, it's a great ball. It's hung up. It just needs to be attacked. Do you know what I mean? Like it's one of them. All you need to do is touch it, get your head on it. And he gets, he brilliantly puts it back across the goal from where it came from. Gomez is torn at the last second to get a read on where uh, Calvert-Leon is. And at that point, he's like Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. It's like Batman yeah. on the live abilities he is. <laughs> Isn't he? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to take, take nothing away well, from the goal. I agree with Shawnee. It shouldn't get there, though. It, should be, it, should, it shouldn't get there. It's similar to the goal. It's similar to um, the goal in the Community Shield. The, the big switch where Nico Williams gets caught. They should never get to that position. The midfield, and, and look, I think it was the 82nd minute, so you need to understand the, the, the legs I, were heavy up. Listen, I, like, I, 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 might, I might sound like an Adrian hater here, I am, right? But I'm not going to let him get away with this one as well. It was a good ball, Sean. It was a very high ball. It wasn't whipped in with pace. That's what flowing. made the header. That's what made the header outstanding. Don't get me wrong. That was an outstanding header. But... Allison does not let that ball get that high without him making an effort, cleaning everyone out, either catching it or most likely punching it away. He's a coward of a goalkeeper, Shawnee. He's a Wait. coward of a goalkeeper. Ah, sh- no, hold on, no, hold on, Grace, Grace, no, Grace, Grace, Grace. Let me finish. Grace, it's a looping ball. It's a, a loop. Yeah, I know he is. Grace, the ball comes in from the left wing, all right, and Calvary and standing in the box. It, it, Allison's not coming for that. I'm sorry, he's not coming for it. And it doesn't Allison's have snow on it. It's not position, as looped. It's, Allison, it's not. Alison's strike position will enable him to go for that because he's rooted on his goal line gap. No, I don't That's agree, Grace. He doesn't even drive for the goal. Ah, Grace, listen. Grace, you're. He is, but Grace. <laughs> You're making it as if that ball was. You make. You're making it as if that ball's gone eighty foot in the air and come down. No, you know, no. it's not. It's a looped cross. But in fairness to him, 
you know, he's looking, he's, if from Adrian's point of view, he's looking at being looped across and he's saying, I have Andy Robertson, I have Joe Gomez there. Yeah, ha- as Sean, he says, you have to give massive credit to Calvert Clown. He gets up in the air so fucking high. And I'm not even sure. I'm not when even he sure. VVD's not there. He takes responsibility. Alice uh, takes responsibility. Chris, when you know VVD's not, not there, you take responsibility. Chris, I guarantee if I, I'd nearly be sure, and I, I have to be honest with you. The starting position of your centre backs against Calvert Lewin that has a little run on you. I'm not even sure Van Dyke gets up to stop that. I'm being honest with you. No, He's no, so fucking high in the air, Chris. And not even that. Not even that. To to the be so is, high in the air and hanging the in the air and 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 direct a, 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 a header like that is it's actually world class, Chris. I'm being honest with you. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, world yeah. class header. Kieran well, Thorne says, um, and Hail the super. The super chats are flying in tonight um, for some reason. I don't know why. But Kieran Thorne says, game management, which is where Thiago was excelling. The goal comes from 40 yards away from the goal. Mane attempts a flick. Totally not right. needed. And we had no shape ready for the counter. Now, yes. I did see somebody back that up. Uh, I think it was Dan Jay. And he said, look, you can look at loads of players. Matip stays too deep and plays Dina on side and stuff like that. It was just one of those. But in fairness, you get away with them a lot. But in fairness, I have to be honest, it's an absolute world-class header from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I'll put it to you this way. Mm? Trent Trent makes a feeble attempt to stop the cross. Because you know that's their threat. You know they've done it earlier on in the game. You know the ball to Dinya and the whipped-in cross. Now, I know it wasn't whipped. It was was flowed in or whatever. But it's a threat, and that (laughs) should have been nullified. To get up, to get up like he did, he, he got up like a salmon. We all know that he got up and he heads it across the goal. Would Allison have made a difference? I don't think so. He might have saved it, more chance of saving it, but he wouldn't have got out and cleaned it in any way. There's no way he was coming in to clean that out. It's just you have to put your hands up and say sometimes you can see the goal and it's a great goal. You know? I think and that was a great goal. I think Allison saves the header from Michael King. Yeah. I think he gets Alison Moye would have saved the head off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he does save it. I think the other one, yeah, I think you're right. Alison probably gets closer to it, but I think genuinely is, it's a it's a it's such a because he's up so high and it is a looped header, right? When he's up ahead and that that goalkeeper doesn't know is he going you know some headers you just know they're gonna get a flick on it across goal or they're gonna get they're gonna plant it where they where they came from. The keeper, because it's hanging up there and he's up in the air, you don't know what way he's going to go with it. And when, by the time he's headed it, it's, it's a really, really good header. Like, there's just, um, but, but you could, you could point fingers at Matip for being too deep, Trent for not blocking the cross, the mid, Mane for the flick, the midfield for not closing it down and, and making sure that they can get that far. Uh, but I don't think he can throw it at the goalkeeper as much as Grizz yeah, wants to. I think, um, I, th- I, I blame him for a lot of stuff, but I, I think that one you have to just hold your hands up and go, listen, he, if, if he is to blame, he's, he's the least to blame in all of that. Yeah, talking to the fella who would have had your man Captain Tom who was doing laps around the billards <laughs> for the NHS yeah. and a million quid ahead. Yeah. I would have had him and goal on Saturday ahead of Adrian. And yeah. I still, I can't bring myself to, I can't I'll bring myself to, hit the nail on the head. Look, he doesn't look the cousin of a goalkeeper at the moment. The ball, yeah. like, it, I never played goalkeeper, but I'm nearly sure you put your body behind the, the shot. Yeah. He, he's like one of the, do you ever see the else they have in the car sales places that just yeah, wave? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there's a special offer on for Diesel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the ball is red hot and he yeah. just yeah. wants to, he parries everything and look, it, the good news is James Pierce said he expects Allison to be back before the end of the month. 
which will be huge for us. Uh, yeah. Let's make no yeah. bounds. Um, that'll be huge for us. But look, lad, can't said that yesterday. In, in um, the big look, in the grand scheme of things, right? Mike is out, but on paper, and I know football is not played on paper. Eleven v eleven, we should be winning ninety percent plus yeah. of the game going forward. We're exactly. around. Couldn't agree so, more. It's it just it's one of these things. We just and look, we don't even we won't have to go that long because I, I do think they will buy on someone in January. I, mm. I really do. I'm not too sure. Um but I am sure Liverpool win the league on a finishing on 91 points, just to throw it out there. Uh, Human Potato says, can you lads talk about the hypocrisy of Sooness comments? I haven't seen the Sooness comments, so if you want to... Well, um, I'm assuming he's talking about the claiming that it was assault because all the other fans are running around putting on, you know, saying Pickford's challenge was like an assault and they're all putting up comments, they're all putting up videos of Graeme Sooness milling players for Rangers and all that. Ah, different, you right. know, in the 80s and the 70s and things like that, when you were allowed yeah. to do these things. Yeah. You know, this is the hypocrisy yeah. probably that. But when maybe as, I'm wrong, it could be something else. But when, when, when soon as done that sort of stuff, he probably got a free for him. You know, that's the way the game yeah. went at that time. But remember, I, 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 I don't, but I don't, but I don't, I don't get the whole remember, look back at soon as I look back at Liverpool challenges. That's not, we're talking about a game from yeah. yesterday. You the know what I mean? We looked at different last season. If we kept, if we kept yeah. on that, we could justify anything. We could justify anything if we done that. Yeah. Um, lads, I have to move on. Um, I want to get to some standout players for you. I, I want you to pick out a standout player. It doesn't have to necessarily be man of the match, just someone that stood out for you in a certain way, good or bad. Um, I want to go on to man of the match, but we have to talk about the ruled out goal. Now, there was absolute war in our WhatsApp group yesterday because Andy Young had a bottle of red wine and he thought he'd wind me up all day, which is probably what did happen in the end. Um, but I have to be honest with you, and Shani, I'll come to you first. Um, that's not offside for me, and it never will be. Yeah, well, like this is another thing. Like that, that it's a human drawing these lines, and he's yeah. drawn the line based on his perception. So yeah. you're still open to human error. So it doesn't make sense to me. Like that's it. I, that, like Gav, I made the point earlier on that it's been twenty or forty days. So I actually I don't feel too aggrieved by this because this has been actually part of the game now for quite some time. This this offside crap. Whether it's an inch or a mile sort of thing, it, it, it's black and white. Like, but what I will say is, again, the, the the line is being drawn on the perception of a fella in Stockley Park in a transit so, van. Yeah. So, the, like, it's always down to his perception. Like, it's not one hundred percent. Like, it's not black or white. So, do we go back, Shani? Do we go back to giving the striker the benefit of doubt? Yes, he, that, that's what I was going to yeah. say. But what you need to do yourself, Gav, is right. And yeah, what you need to do is you need to take the emotion of the how emotional that 90 minutes of football yeah. was. Yesterday. Number one, it's a derby. Number two, Virgil goes off. There's a massive sentiment justice. You think you should have 10 men, right? The game is going on. Bang, bang, bang. Richarlison clatters uh, Thiago Elba. Rightfully so, gets sent off. We score a winner. In the 90th minute at Goodison Park, it's Jordan Henderson. Your emotions are high. That's taken away. So that already pours petrol on the fire. Yeah. yeah. They, these decisions have been happening since last year. It, it's 
they, they, one, like we got one against us at Villa Park, and then Neto has one reeled out at Anfield before half time when his armpit is offside. And you know quite well he's not gained any sort of advantage from being that close to offside. People are saying, look at where he's freeze the frame and look at where the ball is from Thiago's foot. It's not even when Thiago's made the pass. Now, don't get me started on the pass because the pass is just, it's disgusting out of this world. Yeah. And yeah. very few players in world football who are capable of making that pass. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's just the highest level of skill you can imagine on a, on a football pitch because you can do all these tricks and they lead to nothing. But a forty-yard reverse pass into yeah, yeah. he took with an injury. He took, injury he took nine players out of the game. You know what I mean? Like it's the offside. It, it, it is what it is. And look, that's not the but last the best, one. The, the best one I heard. The best one I heard. Grizz is if if Grizz has his phone turned on with volume turned up there, can he turn it down? I'm getting noise from me. Um, but the, the the one I heard, like I'm looking at that and I'm thinking he's not offside. Right, um, they've tried to draw a line to his elbow. I've seen one where where the red line is thicker than the blue line. <laughs> I've seen all sorts of stuff, and then then I see one about sleeves and uh, if if it goes up to your sleeve, you're allowed to score. You know, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Because if you draw that line to his sleeve, okay, and you decide, well, it's a sleeve, and that's the rule, and he's offside. Fair enough, Grant. But I can tell you something now. If Sadio Mane runs into the box next week and the ball hits him in that spot and goes in the goal, he's getting a free kick against him for a handball. Yep. Simple as that, right? Yep. So his arm shouldn't or his sleeve shouldn't be the point of contact that they're looking for. It should be anywhere from your outer shoulder or your inner shoulder out. Okay, and uh, if you bring that uh, line up... No, no, Shawnee, but that's that's what... No, 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 that's what it is, Shawnee. Because the, the, if you... You can't be offside by so, with something you can't score with, right? And which now they're talking slips. Season, yeah, with, with the armpit thing, because right. you can score apparently with your armpit. Yes, right. But then, but oh, then it's the slave. Then it's the slave. So if you actually draw it to a slave, it's actually wrong, right? Sadio Mane is not offside there yesterday, right? And you're saying I'm not too fussed about it. I'm fuming over it. I'm absolutely fucking fuming over it. One, because he's not offside. Two, because it's the 92nd minute. And three, the fucking laugh I would have with Jordan Henderson scoring the 93rd minute winner at the Goodison Park. I would have loved it. Um, uh, Kevin Sullivan is telling me I'm wrong. Um, if you want to tell me how I'm wrong, please go and do that. Um, they changed it this season. Um, so, Kev, can you confirm to me that they've changed it this season, that the slave is the point of contact? Or, or where is the point of contact? Because for me, there's nothing, no part of Sadio Mane's body, even offside in that picture. Even if you want to count the elbow, not offside. At what point does being level come into this? Because it's still a rule. If you're in line, you're onside. Now, how they can put a fucking uh, a, a hair on your arm as being you offside? You can't be level. You can't be level. It's impossible to be level. Yeah, it's impossible to be level. That's what I mean. System, so at what point, yeah, what's level now? What's level? level you're either level. on or you're off now. No, 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 no. Basically, basically if you, you, have to, you have to have your whole body, right? Once your whole body and the end of your sleeve is in line with the last defender, you're okay. The end of your sleeve. What, what's, you know the guy who drew the... Was it the same cunt that made the first decision? Yeah. Is it, <laughs> yeah. the same cunt? Yeah. 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 Ye
that's it then, isn't it? So he drew yeah. the lines. What a wanker. Yeah. Yeah, but listen, humble. listen. I've talked to a lot of Everton fans um, on online, and and you know, oh, and they've and, well, I have to be honest with you. The ones I've spoken to have said the majority have said, yeah, he should have went Pickford, Richardson. You just can't argue it. And the offside is absolutely horrendous. Um, now, and in fairness, Kieran Ford makes a good comment here. He goes, "It's not impossible to be uh, level, but it's horse dead heat often." So, but the technology they use for the horse racing, I believe, is different. To the one they yeah, use in the book. No, the, the reason, the, the reason, the reason. The reason doesn't milk in a horse race. The finish yes. line doesn't milk. Yeah. So and, and, the and, and, and constantly milk. So, so the technology is totally different. But yeah, but the other thing you have, Grace, is that you have defenders that are leaning one way, okay? And you have forwards that are leaning one way. Because the forward's always going to be leaning towards goal. A defender, yeah. if he's looking at the playoffs, so he will be leaning his body out. So you're taking a reference from, more likely, a defender's foot. Is back, it's, it's close as foot to the goal, but you're taking the nearest point of the body from a player. Do you get me? So if you're leaning forward, so like if I stand, if, if you put your feet... Now, if any player, part of the player where the player can score is onside, then he's onside. No, I think they should go with feet. I don't think the angle of your body should count. I think it should be your forward is foot forward and their and their forward is foot back. You could the ball could go in off your knee and you could be mid stride. Yeah, I get that. But but the thing is, but the thing is, the problem they're having, Shawnee, is that they can't they can't get exact frames. They're going at fifty frames per second that they can't actually get exact frames, and that's where you're talking about a perspective of a, of a fella in charge, and that's where the problem is. Human human potatoes, human potatoes, who looks like he's a City fan, says the moment Firmino was given offside of Villa Park, I knew VAR was broken. Yeah, that was a maddle. That was that was a maddle. We well, can accept that one if that's the rule. You'll accept it, and that's the thing around offside. If if that's what they're saying, every part of your body is offside. We just have to accept them, but. It, it's ridiculous. People are saying that it's Hawkeye are the ones doing the lines. It's not. It's the bleeding refs are going up and down, isn't they, till they find the... That came out last year or something, didn't it? That it's, it is the refs that try and draw them lines on the thing. So, well, again, Willow, it's all subjective. Willow Moran says Sadio Mane, his elbow was offside. I'd argue it wasn't. Um, and you can't, can't score with your elbow and the referee stitched us up. But listen, um, it's it's one of those that'll rumble on and on and on and on and on. And again, you will get the argument. Oh, well, they'll they'll... They'll do something to okay, it. Like, They'll add something see, to it and it'll be grand. Don't this in the Champions League. No. You won't. You don't. You no, haven't. Or in, in other leagues. It's fucking... No. It's just, the English game has a superiority complex, right? That they yes. have to be the best at everything, right? And what they say goes, they've their, their acceptance of VAR has been nothing but a disgrace since it's come in, right? Their reluctance to go to the monitor, to embrace the technology has been a disgrace. But you can go back for that in the history of football. The English football cre- invented football. Uh, the English invented football. Anyone that took her on, the English taught them. And, you know, when the other countries decided they knew how to play football themselves, the English were getting the hump. There's a superiority there that England invented this. And they're the same with cricket and other games as well. We invented this. Oh, we don't know. mention cricket. Get Grizz involved. Oh. But they have to be right on it all the time. And there's a refusal. And I'm going, I know I'm going back 150 years, but 
you know, it, it hasn't changed. Does it? They have to be right on everything, and they do not want to be. Does it's like with the referees? They won't be held accountable. They won't but put listen, their hands out, and they're unwilling to do that. But listen, can we? And we haven't got much time. I know we're running out of time. <laughs> Sorry, human potato says it's going to even get worse in the Champions League with officials are smoking joints in Amsterdam. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. it could go, it could go badly wrong. George, the Vahoye <laughs> in Amsterdam be great. Crack, Smoke billowing out of transit. <laughs> Loads of hairs. <laughs> so, Big hazy boy hairs. Smoke billowing out, yeah. well, out of the transit on the, in the red light district. Well, down in Amsterdam. Out to Cheech and Chong and uh, Stocky <laughs> Park. <laughs> 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 like something out. Pineapple Express, that's what it'll be like. Something out of. I love getting that movie in. One of the best movies of all time, as Chris. Yeah, Chris and them. Confirm. Talk about weirdo yesterday. Nothing in it. Don't be silly. Ah, uh, listen, I'm not going into that. I'm not going into it. No, no, no. Um, listen, I can't believe we've we're not going to end on a high. Try to end on a high. Oh, we are. Talk about and talk about your man Tiago's performance here today. Yeah. I just want one two minutes from each contributor today, just to talk about Tiago, because I think after all the negativity well, and everything, and the rage oh. and the fume and everything, mm. uh, uh, most of them you. Um, you've only lightened up in the last 45 minutes or so but Kieran Torrance Kieran says law 11 offside it is not an offside offence to be in an offside position arms and hands are not to be considered that's the that's off the FA website he says um, but that's fair enough but it's still making no fuck they're still making no sense on what they've done you know what I mean lads I want to be quick on this you can you can pick you can pick a player that stood out for you and be man of the match or you can go with two players one that stood out and one that was actually man of the match. So quickly around the table, Keith, who stood out for you yesterday? Tiago. Tiago Alcantara. Are you giving him man of the match as well? Giving him everything. Yeah, he's fucking great. And the, like uh, without going too deep into it, like when I, I only heard off yourselves there that his injury isn't that bad, and I'm fucking delighted about that. He's amazing. He is everything that we thought he would be. Mm. And that's all I'll say. Good stuff. Shani, are you going with a standout and a man of the match or just doubling up here? Yeah. Jordan Henderson was absolutely exceptional yesterday. He was unbelievable. Uh, honestly, proper captain's performance everywhere. Everywhere. And he was doing the technical things really well as well. His range of passing was brilliant. Yes. He was they could actually, they are going to be some midfield partnership. But oh my God. Yeah. That they were brilliant together. But then you get on to Thiago, and like, it just makes me giddy. Just for a fella who apparently has no pace, how easy you get five yards on a player. Yeah. Just, yeah. You never like, can't see what any other player in the world, can't you? Not the way he, he does it. Unreal. He's a joke. And you could even see, you, you look, look at look what Richardson had to do in the end. He had the banjo because yeah. he, he was really starting to pull the strings in the second half of the game. He was incredible. Mm. So, um, Henderson, the standout for you, Thiago, man of the match, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Good stuff. Grizz, what are you going with? Matip, absolute standout, was superb on his comeback, uh, especially as he was playing against the two hottest strikers in the Premier League, probably, arguably. I thought he's immaculate. I thought, he's, I, thought he grew, I thought once even Virgil went, went off, I thought it took him about five, ten minutes, and then he assumed control of that back four, which is encouraging. Thiago, Thiago was 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 magical absolutely magical reminded me of my young days mm. um that's what i was thinking a young same, same color hair absolutely <laughs> superb. i mean his vision his touch his passing his tenacity 
No one has talked about how many times he won the ball that with cleaning, cleaning tackles. With that's how you tackle you punks at Everton. That's how you tackle. That's when you go to ground, you go to ground to get the ball, punks. not the knee. If you stand first, you are. Go on, keep going. Go on. You for for a debut in a Merseyside derby and people saying, "Oh, will he be?" We prefer Milner and Solid bollocks, man. This is why Jurgen Klopp wanted Thiago. No game is too big for him. No atmosphere is too volatile. There's no fucking atmosphere. It's a great point but on the screen. The spatial awareness is ridiculous. There's no. Yeah. ridiculous. You're born with that. You're Colin absolutely Douglas. born with it. Colin Douglas says Thiago's special spatial awareness is absolutely second to none. I you think, can't uh, teach that. I think yeah. everyone agrees. Um, I have to be honest. He's getting pressed by Alan, and he just does a little shimmy yeah. and completely takes him out of game. <laughs> See you later. He's in ten yards of space. Yeah. Like, every time that's his move, isn't it? That's what he does. Every time he's getting pressed, and he's then, gone. Shimmy. Boom. Well, Sam Allardyce can't coach that. I'm telling you, that is natural born. You're born with that. Well, I have to. Um, I have to say that I have to be honest. I'm gonna go. I'm going to flip Shawnee's. I think um, the one that stood out for me was Thiago, simply because he's the new kid on the block and he just showed you what, what's to come. But he was exceptional for, like Chris says, an emergency side derby as a day, as a full debut. Um, he went on there and, and he's going to do it an awful lot. He's going to walk onto football pitches and literally own them because he, he believes he should and he has every right to, um, judge on the career he's had. But I'm going to give man of the match to Jordan Henderson because not only how he played, but the influence he has. And Villa and Everton, um, those games were night and day. And I genuinely believe the biggest reason they were night and day is because Jordan Henderson was on the pitch. I believe that. Yeah. I think, Fair you know, Sean, he says he does technical stuff well. He, his range of passing was good. He worked so hard. He's in the box in the last minute, you know, 93 minutes, and he's still in the box trying to score. He's um, he's, he's letting people what he what they need to be doing and stuff like that. You, you could pull, you could push around him a little bit about Everton's second goal. He probably gets run past a little bit easy, but look, you hold your hands up and you say, shit happened, yeah. But for me, um, he's so fucking important. And um, I thought yesterday was a man of the match captain's performance from Jordan Henderson, even though he was let down at the end by an, an outrageous um, offside decision. So that's where I'm going to go with. Uh, Chris, anything else before we go? Now I want to apologise to all the listeners, viewers for my obscene language today. Cockwomble was my favourite. Hopefully they can understand it was emotional today and, I, you know, it won't yeah. be happening again. My, my shower today was just bastards. It was just a, <laughs> yes. just a little trouble. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, Chris, don't say sorry. You're okay. Don't be worried about it. Um, listen, it got emotional here tonight. Keith, have you anything else before we go? No, no, that's, I think everything was covered, you know, as that's you said, it. the emotion, one thing I want to say is I didn't watch the game live yesterday, I was out at a football training, training kids, video, yeah. so when I I watched it without the, I knew what had happened in it as it was happening, so I wasn't mm. as maybe as angry as a lot of you who watched it live, Yeah. so I was maybe, I'm not as angry as you was about it, but look, we'll go on, as Shani said, don't don't discredit the team and the job we Klopp has done with this team because one player goes out, we'll be, and don't, we'll be okay. And don't upset Shani or we'll throw rubbish yeah. in your guard. Shani, <laughs> um, anything else before we go? Yeah, all the, all the fuckers mounting in chat about having fellas online. Uh, quite simply, ask me bollocks. 
Nice, nice way to finish. And Sean, you will apologize oh. for that language next week. Um, yeah. And Grizz is on his best behavior. Um, listen, um, it's it's it's, it's got it's got um as as Master of Disaster says, great podcast, lads. It always gets good when it gets heated. We're not here to agree with each other. We're not here to say yes to each other all day. We may agree on a lot of things. We we disagree on others, and it does get heated. But look. Um, the show goes on. Um, it's been a bad day, injury-wise, for Liverpool and Virgil van Dijk. We wish him all the best in his recovery. And listen, we're absolutely... Um, is, um, we'll absolutely be there when he gets back. Uh, Pat Panacer, um I, I nearly read that as Pat Benatar. Um, yeah, just a bit of support. <laughs> um, put a, just a bit of support to the channel, the statement, see Wobbler was worth, um, was worth the £5. Thanks a million, Pat. Um Thanks to me, I just can't get Pat Benatar out of my yeah, head now. I'm singing, I'm singing Pat Benatar out my head. Yeah, what song are you singing? We are strong. No one can tell us we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's another one I'm thinking of. I just can't get it into my head now at the minute. But um, We belong. Look, had that we belong. The there you go. You had her at the church at your wedding? Yeah, walking out the church, the singer was singing Pat Benatar, We Belong. Yeah, There you go. Yeah, but Pat Panacea hasn't a fucking clue what we're talking about, but that's where <laughs> it goes. Listen, that has been um, the Fatback 4 podcast. Please like, please share. If you haven't subscribed and you're watching this now, please subscribe. Um, thanks a million for all the comments tonight. They've been absolutely excellent. As I said, we we, we, we say it as we, as we see it. We don't. Um, that's a catchphrase reference, isn't it? Say what yeah, you see. But uh, but um, no, we do. We say it as we see it, and um, we won't we won't change for anybody. Um, we look. Thanks to the Man City fans were in tonight. There was Everton fans in tonight. There was Arsenal fans in tonight. Of course, Liverpool fans were in tonight as well. So it's been absolutely excellent. Um, the forum is back tomorrow at ten pm Monday. Um, what night are Liverpool playing Ajax? Wednesday. Wednesday, so we'll be back on Wednesday with the midweek fix. That'll be a match reaction. Uh, we're, we're working on something for Thursday, but we can't say anything yet until we get time confirmed. And Friday will be the um, Friday forecast, of course, looking at all the weekend's uh, Premier League games. Um, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Liverpool have drawn two all at Goodison Park. Oh, one last thing. People have said, why weren't you on last night? Why weren't you on yesterday? Everybody else done yesterday. We were on Instagram yesterday as soon as the final whistle went. So please go to Instagram and please follow Follows because before and after every game we have lineup um, shows and then we have reaction to the game. So please get on there as well. Um, but we're going to. You don't know what? That stuff will get you shot. Oh, the watch along yeah. stuff now, Jesus. Now, now you want to be bleeding. I need about four volume after doing one of them. But yeah. um, no, but we're going to try. What we're, we're going to attempt to put it out on Instagram and YouTube at the same time um, to let people that. Just exclusively watch YouTube. Try to get involved there as well, all right? Um, but that's it. Fatback 4, over and out. At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.